Hello and welcome along to episode 72 of the All Things Leeds podcast. Uh, I'm Ed McIntyre and joining me remotely is, as always, my co-host, Charles Foster. Charles, hello. Hi, mate. How you doing? I'm uh, very well. How, how are you? I'm fine, yeah. I had um, I watched the um, trophy presentation last night, so I'm in a... Obviously, I watched it on um, on YouTube, uh, so I'm in a, I was in a really good mood last night, so yeah, I'm in a similar good mood today. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm in a fantastic mood. I've been in a great mood since last Friday. You know, I've just been non-stop smiling. It's been so great. It's been a fantastic week. Um, and yeah, that trophy lift. History, right? It was history. I mean, you've uh, obviously aren't old enough to remember the the great Leeds teams so we've we've suffered a lot of uh, to put it mildly crap over the years um, yeah. so to, to see he's actually lived a trophy to see his win something is uh, I know people will say oh it's not in the championship but it's like it's important we've, we've actually won a, we've won a trophy that's going in the trophy cabinet that's added yeah. on to it that's something that we've won that's that's important and it's the um, obviously it's the old first division trophy as well the one that Howard Wilkinson lifted when he won it in 92 and obviously uh, Gordon Strachan as well so it's um, yeah it was quite it was quite emotional I know we're going to talk about it later on so I don't want to get all the all, everything I've got to say out now but I'm just going to put, leave that there yeah I mean it really was a fantastic moment and uh, yeah in this podcast we will of course be uh, looking back on that fantastic moment that trophy lift and looking back on Leeds United's final game of the season uh, in which they beat Lee Bowyer's Charlton Athletic 4-0 at Ellen Road on Wednesday night uh, we've got some news to go over as well including some transfer news as well um, and then to play us out we'll be listening to Paul Wilson's new track United are back Many thanks to him for giving us permission to be playing that in full at the end of the show. So stay tuned here at the All Things Least podcast. Well, what a season it has been for Leeds United. And we have uh, capped it off with a 4-0 victory over Lee Bowyer's Charlton Athletic at Ellen Road. Back to our regular first 11, back to our best. Charles, we've uh, finished the season off in fantastic style. Yeah, it was um, it was comfortable, comfortable the way I describe it. We scored at important times. It was a very measured performance, but we also, we just, we never felt threatened by Charlton at any point during the game. We never felt like they were going to get on top of us. We, we kind of methodically took them to pieces and um, I, I watched it on a completely legitimate stream on my phone. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I kind of was a bit behind. So I was kind of getting notifications about goals and then I just had to wait like two minutes for them to come in. But it was just really enjoyable because I really didn't want the... Nobody wanted to lose before we lifted the trophy. We didn't want that kind of dampener on the mood. I know... Obviously, Charlton had something massive to play for, and we didn't, and we were finished. But I really respect the kind of professionalism that we we kind of applied to the game. That, that we wanted as many points as possible. We wanted to play as well as possible, and we wanted to score as many goals as possible. Uh, which also got us onto the same goal difference as Brentford in the end of the game, which is uh, I was very pleased with. Yeah, um, I mean, obviously, commiserations to Charlton. They are, of course, uh, they have been relegated to League One. Um, but as you say, you know, we, we stayed professional because, you know, we, yes, we could have easily just, you know, just laid off, let them get a draw, let them stay up and, you know, help a, help a good uh, friend out in Lee Bowyer. Of course, fantastic player for Leeds United. But, you know, we had a job on hand and, you know, we're champions. We need to show that we're champions. And we did. It, it was a very good performance. I mean, I think saying that it was comfortable is putting it lightly. I, I thought we, you know, we're taking the piss at times, really. I thought... It was just a complete onslaught from Leeds. I mean, Charlton looked looked defeated right from the get go. 
Yeah, I mean, particularly first half, they were they were really kind of woeful in the first half. They were they they had a little bit more in the you know presence in the game in the second half, but particularly first half, we took it to immediately. We were creating chances. Could have been probably three or four up by half time. Stuart Dallas had a great chance, uh, which was which was palmed. Uh, Hernandez had a great chance, which was saved. Harrison put one wide, and obviously we got the two goals in the first first half, which we'll talk about. But yeah, it was really, really dominant from Leeds, particularly in the first half, which is strange because we don't normally start well. We normally figure teams out within kind of first twenty minutes and then push on and score. But this this was just domination from the from kind of minute one. Yeah, they, they had a they had a couple of chances throughout the game, but particularly first half, we we torn pieces really. Yeah, yeah, we we very much did. As I mentioned, you know, back to our, our strongest starting eleven, really. Uh, were you pleased to see the strong starting eleven, or were you were you hoping for some more changes in this game? I actually wanted some more changes. I know, uh, obviously, Bogus came on later on in the game, but I wouldn't. I would have liked him to have a start. I was pleased to see Streak retain his retain his place in the team. I thought he was he was brilliant at Derby, and I thought he was particularly excellent in this game as well, as we're going to talk about later on. Yeah, I, I understood that Bielsa wanted to give everyone kind of equal equal minutes, and that means kind of putting a few of the hangover lads from last week back on the pitch, and <laughs> I can respect <laughs> that. But um, yeah, I would have I would have liked a few more changes, but given the subs we had anyway, everyone kind of got a, a decent amount of time on the pitch, regardless. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not too disappointed about that. Yeah, I mean, I think it would have been nice to see you know a few more of the kids play. But, you know, again, you know, we stayed professional and, you know, the, the starting 11, you know, they deserve to start the game, really. You deserve to, to start the game, win the game. Yeah, it would have been nice to see some of the kids, but, you know, I'm, I'm not too bothered at the end because, you know, we watched a fantastic game, a fantastic least performance. Um, and the other goals in this, all the goals in this, all four goals in this game were, were fantastic. Of course, the first one came up on a 14 minutes. Uh, Pablo Hernandez here on the right, floating the ball over to Ben White on the edge of the box. Um, he chested it down and volleyed it right into that top right hand corner. I mean, what a strike! <laughs> what a strike from Ben White! It, it, I think it caught everyone off guard. Yeah, it comes off. Um, obviously, comes off a corner. Uh, Pablo whips in quite a decent ball from the first ball in from the corner, which uh, Charlton defend quite well. Head clear. Uh, it comes back out to Ben White. He lays it back to Pablo. He whips it back in. It gets cleared once again by a defender. And um, yeah, superb technique from White to chest it down, giving this open up the opportunity to have the shot. It kind of hits the shot. It kind of it, it wiggles a bit in the air, kind of wavers a bit to the right. Keeper does get a few, probably two or three fingers to it, but not not enough to save it, especially with the power you hit it in. It was um, it was a properly kind of this phrase sometimes gets overused with some of our goals, but it was a proper Yabo-esque uh, strike when it comes to um, yeah, obviously the, some of the goals he scored. But it was it, it was beautiful and. Um, what a way to score your, your first goal for the club. I hope it's not his last goal for the club, but um, yeah, that may be, may be his last goal and last appearance. So we'll, we'll see about that. But it was, um, yeah, it was a superb goal. And obviously you score in 14 minutes and the nerves are settled immediately and everyone's kind of feeling like now we can really enjoy this and put, put together some really good patterns of play. Yeah, I mean, it was a, it was a fantastic strike from a, from a centre-back as well. From a centre-back. It was just amazing. Caught everyone off guard, I think. I don't think anyone expected you know, Ben White, a centre-back to, to hit it from that distance on the volley, but he did, found the back of the net, it was a fantastic strike, and as you say, first goal for Leeds United, what a goal it is as well. Um, it's just a pity, because, you know, I would have voted for that for goal of the season, because I, I think it definitely is a, it's certainly a, a contender there. But yeah, let's just hope that that isn't his one and only goal for Leeds United. But you know, Charles, if it is Ben White's last game for Leeds, I mean, you know, what, what a game it was. He, he was fantastic in this game. Yeah, he's probably been one of the best loan signings the club's ever had. And I don't think yeah. I'm exaggerating when I say that. And I think he's been, to, to have the impact he ha- he's had at the club, to to be as consistent as he is, 
he's been he's been a remarkable player, and um, I'll be obviously very disappointed for all the fans, and I imagine most of the uh, staff at Leeds United if he uh, if he doesn't choose to come back. But you know, if he does choose to you know move on to a different club, obviously if, if Liverpool or City are interested in him, then he'll go there. If he wants to go back to Brighton, I'm not going to be one of these people that'll that'll be you know bitter towards him because he's given me my favorite ever season as a Leeds uh, as a Leeds fan. Yeah, my favorite ever time following Leeds, and he's he's been a crucial part of that, and he had a great contribution. And yeah. I, and you've got to say, what a player! Great, great, great contribution, filling a hole, you know, left by Pontus Janssen. And obviously, we know how it how Janssen's season finished. It's just just remarkable. And I'll if it is his last appearance at the club, I'll I'll wish him well because he's he's been brilliant for us, and yeah. he deserves whatever whatever's coming in his career. Yeah, absolutely. He's had a fantastic season, an incredible season. And, you know, when he first signed, there was a few question marks because he, he hadn't played in the championship before, only had a few decent loan spells like the likes of Peterborough um, and, and I think Newport as well. But no, yeah. he's had a fantastic season. As you say, you know, he's given us one of the best seasons ever. And, you know, I'll thank him for that. You know, he's had a fantastic contribution to one of the best seasons I've seen at Leeds United. It's, it's been unreal. And uh, yeah, I, 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 I will hate him for not wanting to join Leeds. Of course, it'll be massively disappointing, not just for fans, but as you say, staff as well, because you know we've worked so hard to develop him. Um, and if he was to leave, then yeah, it'd be a huge kick in the teeth. But you know, I, I wouldn't hold it against him. He deserves all the good things he gets because he's a fantastic player. And as I say, incredible season, 22 clean sheets this season. Uh, he's completed the most passes out of any championship player under the age of 24. Uh, he's only one of only four outfield players to have played every minute for Leeds United this season. And of course, he's a champion as well. And also, thanks to uh, Andrew Dalton for this stat, by the way, Ben White has become the first central defender to start every league game since Andy Lenihan in the 1984-85 season and the first Leeds outfield player to start every league game in his first season with the club since Gary McAllister in 1990-91. See, so, yeah, I mean, you know, Charles, if Ben White does go on and, you know, play for one of the top six clubs in the Premier League, you know, he's earned it. He, he really has earned it. I won't, I won't begrudge him the taking the opportunity. It's a, it's a short career as football and injury can, has ruined many a promising career. And you've got to take the opportunity you can when you can. And yeah, he's, he's, he's given his all for this club while he's been here. And if, 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 if this is the end, then it'll, it'll be disappointing. But, you know, you got you got to think. I'll, I'll always think back on the time he was playing for the club as fondly. So yeah, I, I wish him well, whatever his decision is. Yeah, one hundred percent. He's been fantastic. Uh, great season, and uh, yeah, hopefully he does stay at Leeds. But if he doesn't, then yeah, best of luck to him in in the future. I'll be yeah, back onto the Charlton game then. Uh, yeah, as we were saying, absolute domination from Leeds in this game. Charlton, you know, as you mentioned, Charles, they did have a few chances, but you know, they did very little in the game. Really, did Charlton? Of course, it was two 0 to Leeds on twenty eight minutes. Uh, Stuart Dallas here playing a nice one two with Pablo Hernandez, who uh, nutmegged a defender in the process, um, and then uh, Dallas ended up poking it in. Another nice goal here. It kind of reminded me, it was kind of a mix of uh, that moment in the Derby game where Hernandez nutmegged that player from about seven, eight yards, you know, on the edge of the box. It reminded me of that. It was a kind of a similar situation as that. And also, you know, the Stoke goal that held Acosta scored when, uh, with a 1-2 from Dallas and Hernandez. It was kind of a mix of those two moments. It was just a beautiful piece of vision. And to be honest, the, the, the Charlton defender should have been tracking Dallas's run there. I mean, he gives the ball to Hernandez, sprints through, obviously megs him and um, kind of outside of the foot tucks it in the far corner. Very much like Costa's goal against Stoke. It was um it was just a beautiful move. And um it's those kind of those kind of goals where it kind of makes me sad that Pablo Hernandez is not going to be doing this for much longer because the man is an absolute yeah. he's, he's ice yeah. in his veins. He's 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 ruthless and he is 
just a beautiful footballer to watch. He, he's, he's, he's inspiring. And I, I really yeah. hope we can sign a player of, a, of similar ability or ideally produce a player of similar ability uh, to the youth ranks if Bogus can, can get up to scratch. So, yeah, it, it, was, it was a brilliant goal. And I'm pleased for Stuart Dallas as well. Obviously, we voted for him individually. We, we didn't discuss it before. I'm both individually voted for him player of the season. We think he's been exceptional this year, this season. And he's obviously capped off the final game with a, with another goal. I think it's, um, I think, yeah, it's, I think it's five or six, whatever he's got. Anyway, from a man who's playing at fullback most of the time, that's that's pretty good going. And <laughs> yeah. he's, uh, yeah, he's, He's been really good for the club, and um, yeah, I've, I, that, that that was a superb goal. And of course, when you go when you go two up that early, you, you think we could really turn on the style. And um, as we're going to talk about, we really did. Yeah, we we really did. Um, and again, Dallas and Hernandez working well to score a goal here. You know, cashing my back to the Stoke game that Hernandez threw ball to Dallas, two and on to. Uh, but yeah, this was a nice goal, and yeah, Pablo Hernandez. I just have so much joy just watching him play. He's just a fantastic footballer, a man of that age to not be doing nutmegs that easily. You know, I mean, he, he nutmegs almost everyone. He, he, it's like it's a party trick. He, he just brings it out whenever. He just nutmegs people for, you know, whenever he can for literally no reason. Like, he'll just do it in the middle of a pitch somewhere, you know, not not creating anything, but he'll just send it through someone's legs, just like, all right, cheers, bye-bye. That one against Calum Dowder when he did him twice in about five seconds was, <laughs> was so funny. Yeah, he, he's such a fantastic player. And uh, yeah, really pleased that, that he got an assist here. Um, and yeah, 2 0 to Leeds at a half time. Uh, we made it 3 0 on 51 minutes. Uh, Leeds scoring directly from a corner, would you believe? Tyler Roberts here with a, a thumping header. Yeah, the challenge started the, the second half quite brightly. Clearly, the um, boy had to give him a bit of a, a scene to it at half time. So they kind of came out, they started a bit brightly, had a bit of possession. They we, made two changes, a, of course, at half time. Yeah, they made two changes. And obviously, they, they counter attacked us off a corner as well. Had had a one on one, which they. Um, their striker, who I think was playing non-league last season because their squad's been that ripped apart so much. He, he unfortunately put it wide for well, I say unfortunately, unfortunately for them, put it wide. Yeah, this 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 goal was. I, I like this goal because I, I wanted Roberts to score. I really wanted him to do well, and it was excellently whipped corner from Pablo Hernandez. But look, the defensive market is appalling. If you watch this corner, yeah. he's on He's free at the near post. It's Roberts and Streak are both free right next to each other at the at, at the near post. And if Roberts misses that, then Streak doesn't. So it's it's appalling defensively from Charlton. But you know, it's it's still a still a good goal. And it was it was nice to exercise a few demons about stuff we've not done over the season. Like the issues we've had for the squad over the season have been, you know, not finishing chances, not scoring from corners, you know, doing certain things with a bit kind of sloppily. But this was this was perfect. We're kind of exercising a few demons these goals. And yeah. coming out from the corner on last game of the season, three 0 and that's that's game over from there. Yeah. And we can because it's so early in the second half as well. We got, there was plenty of opportunity. Even when we when we were going to talk about the next goal, even after the next goal went in, I thought there's still half an hour here. We could still get another one. Um <laughs> So yeah, I was I was always thinking about the next one, but this yeah, I'm delighted for Tyler Roberts, but defensively this was poor from Charlton. Yeah, d- delight for Tyler Roberts, of course, came on at half time for uh, Patrick Bamford, and yeah, delighted that he got the goal, brilliant header. I just say, great to exercise a few demons by scoring directly from a corner. The first time we've done that this season, by the way, yeah, scoring directly from a corner. The first time this season, and we've saved how many it times have, have I been stood? Game. How many times have I been stood next to you and Ellen Road when, we, when we've just got a corner and saying we're going to do nothing with this? <laughs> this is this is going to lead to nothing. And, and then we play it yeah, short, the, and you say, "I hate short corners." <laughs> I do, I do hate short corners. So I stand by that. <laughs> I think they're pointless. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, we've had a we've had a tough time, and then and then when other teams get corners against us, we're always like, well, this is definitely going in. We're definitely conceding this corner. I think it's just the natural <laughs> the natural pessimism in the heart of every Leeds fan, particularly me. I mean, my Twitter handle isn't cynical Leeds for no reason. It's um, <laughs> I mean, I think if we were playing 
a team of under eights, I think we'd still be saying they're going to score from this corner and we're not going to do anything from ours, <laughs> even though they're um, like half a height. <laughs> it's just it's just the inbuilt stress of uh, of of the yeah. of the leads that kind of comes through. But yeah, it was. I was pleased with this, and then I thought from then on, right, we're, we're playing sailing here, and we were. Yeah, we really were, and uh, yeah, four 0 after sixty six minutes, uh, thanks to substitute Jamie Shackleton. They'd only been on the pitch for a couple of minutes, and uh, he ends up getting his uh, second goal in two games. He's a he's prolific. He's a prolific goal scorer. Yeah, this was this is my favourite goal of the evening. Superb, through, uh, kind of uh, lofted through ball over the top from Streak uh, near the centre circle. He obviously finds Pervader in space. Uh, Shackleton, obviously with the ridiculous pace, is, is running on into the box. Yeah, lays it off for him, perfectly uh, weighted pass into him, and just side foots it far corner. And that's four nil. And it's it's three of the youth products that we we've, we've so desperately wanted to do well this season because we um I, I love to see. Us progressing youth because Leeds as a club is built on progressing decent youth players through our ranks. I think we've only had one day in the last I don't know how many seasons where sorry not not one day one game in the last I think eighteen or nineteen maybe more seasons where we've not played at least one youth product in the team. So Leeds as a club are built on using youth, and uh, for the three youth players to you know kind of collaborate in this way, I I, I loved it really. I'm, I'm excited to see more Pervader. I thought he he had another bright game, got, got himself yeah. an assist. Streak is looking like a very able Phillips deputy for the Premier League. We're often yeah, worried I mean, what we're going to do without Phillips, and, and yet he's yeah. there. He's massive. He's he's got obviously got the the passing technique. He's um ten, look, looking like a really solid player. I don't know how he'll yeah. do it centre half because we saw him struggle a bit with Cardiff. So we'll see about that. Yeah. But defensive defensive midfield, he looks a really solid option. He looks like a, a really able backup for Phillips, and that's that's what we need. We don't want to pay mad money for a backup if we've got one already in the youth academy. And um, and Shackleton, I'm delighted for because obviously um. He's uh, been talked about by the likes of Neil Redfern for the last few years as being the kind of uh, the up and coming star of the academy, and he's finally getting a few a few more opportunities in the team. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm delighted for him. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, delight for for Jamie Shackleton. He's grown so much over these past two seasons under Bielsa. He really, really has. And as you say, the three you players linking up for this goal, Stewick, what a ball! And I, you know, as you say, he, he's looking brilliant in. Defensive midfield, you know, again, playing defensive midfield here. Never in my life did I think, you know, throughout this season, we'd be seeing Stuart replace Cameron Phillips in defensive midfield. I thought it would always be either Ben White or Adam Forshaw, but Pascal Stuart is doing a fantastic job there. And as you say, that may be his position now, because we saw him struggle at centre-half against Cardiff. But, you know, in, in defensive midfield, he's, he's doing a fantastic job. And yeah, great ball. Perveda, uh, nice run to get onto it. Nice layoff. And Perveda, again, brilliant in this game. You know, as I said in the last podcast, is he going to start Phillies anytime soon? Probably not, but he's great to be there in the squad um, and he's great to just bring off the bench and, uh, and see what he can do. And uh, yeah, Jamie Shackleton, nice finish, really nice finish for, uh, yeah, as I said, his uh, second goal uh, for Leeds in as many games. Uh, so yeah, brilliant, brilliant here. And um, yeah, here's a stat for you. Uh, Leeds United's last goal in the top flight was scored by Leeds-born Alan Smith. And now our last goal in the Football League has been scored by Leeds-born Jamie Shackleton. Thank you to uh, Andrew Dalton, also known as Stats, for providing me with that stat. Yeah, what what a stat that is. What a stat that is. And uh, yeah, as you say, it's great to see all the uh, Leeds youngsters doing well. But yeah, Fauna win here for Leeds, a perfect way to finish off what has really been uh, an incredible season. As I said earlier, commiserations to Lee Bowyer and Charlton, uh, who have, of course, now been relegated to League One. And yeah, here's another stat for you as well. Charlton was our last top flight home game in 2004. And here we faced him in our last home game in the championship. Again, thanks to uh, Stats for providing me with that. Um, nice to, yeah. um, 
you know, new chapter, you know, kind of uh, move on from that, that kind of, I'm yeah. struggling to find a different phrase other than horrendous era. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> kind of put an end to that, yeah. And uh, I, but I, I it's, it's get... amazing how, how, it, how it's worked out like that. Yeah, it's very um, um, kind of cyclical is probably the word. It's a, a nice, you know, a nice circle, a nice cycle. We, we, we're, we're back to it and we uh, we can look forward to playing the big lads again and getting that ridiculously undeserved TV, TV money pumped straight into everyone's <laughs> bank account and we can enjoy some of that. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm very much looking forward to it. Uh, to next season now. Uh, so yeah, the final standings then. So Leeds United, of course, top of the league, champions on 93 points, 10 points ahead of second place West Brom, who are coming up with us. So uh, yeah, congratulations to uh, Slavin Bilic and uh, West Brom for coming up with us. What, were you bothered about who came up in second, who came up with us? Or I wasn't extremely bothered. I, I, I kind of preferred West Brom coming up with us because they, I mean, West Brom and Bradford were both kind of staggering over the finishing line. I thought we we swept over the finishing line in style. We we have absolutely turned. Oh, we won six games in a row. We've we, we've we've been superb. But obviously, uh, West Brom have lost to Huddersfield and then they've drawn to QPR. They've kind of staggered over the line. Brentford lost to Barnsley and lost to Stoke. They staggered staggered towards the end as well. I didn't want Brentford to come up uh, for a number of reasons, chief of which being I want us to steal all of their players. I want. <laughs> I wanted to take Ben yes. Rama. I wanted to take Ethan Pinnock, and I think it's Ethan Pinnock. I don't know. Uh, yeah. in their defence I wanted to steal all their players they've got obviously that Josh De Silva from Arsenal I wanted to come all Ollie um, Watkins he's a cheat but you know he does score a lot of goals can make an exception for that yeah but <laughs> I, I, I don't like people diving so he won't be able to dive for us I won't be, I won't be a fan of that but yeah they've got I think they've got a better squad than West Brom personally I think West Brom have got some very good players I thought Brentford's players have outperformed with the majority of West Brom's players all season obviously Pereira and Dan Garner have been brilliant but I think Brentford over the over the whole of their squad have got a better squad. So I kind of wanted um, Brentford to finish third and hopefully not go through in the playoffs so we can take a few of their players. But, you know, <laughs> if you're talking about opinions on clubs, I'm not really bothered. I've, it mean, West Brom mean nothing to me. Brentford mean nothing to me. So thinking about it like that, I'm not fussed. But yeah, I quite like Billage as a character and I like him as a manager. So it's yeah. nice to see him in the league. Yeah, I, I've, I've always... You know, being a fan of uh, Slavin Bilic, you know, his punditry is great. And then, yeah, for for West Brom, you know, he, he's done a good job there. There's that amazing gif of Slavin Bilic and Bielsa hugging each other after that one all draw uh, away there back in, uh, I think it was uh, December, wasn't it? So, um, oh, no, it was January, wasn't it? Um, at the beginning of the uh, year. So, um, see, I, I've always kind of liked Bilic. So, if I had to pick a team to come up in second with us, it would be West Brom. So, yeah, congratulations to them. You know, I'm happy for them to, to be uh, coming up with us uh, automatically. Uh, but yeah, again, uh, you know, I wasn't too bothered, but um, but yeah, West Brom, uh, happy with that. And uh, yeah, I just say, I've never looked at it that way, but yeah, Brentford, if they stay down, we can nick all their good players and they do have a lot of good players. But yeah, Brentford, you know, they really did bottle that second place. It was in their hands after West Brom lost away at Huddersfield last Friday. Um, and yeah, lost to Stoke, lost to Barnsley. Yeah, it was fantastic to see because they, they were kind of, it's so easy to, to play with freedom and play your own football when there's no pressure on you when you know you're you're the chase you're you are the chasing pack. But as soon as Brentford had had it in their own hands to go second, they they choked completely. They bottled it massively. Obviously, Michael O'Neill's uh, Stoke side did a bit did a massive job on them. Uh, really good defensive performance and kept them out. Barnsley were had absolute. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to think of a better phrase than balls of steel to kind of play as well as they as they have in the last three games. Obviously, they gave all yeah. the. I don't feel any shame in saying they battered us at Ellen Road. They probably should have picked up some points from that. They uh, they, they turned over um, 
Forest as well at the end of a Forest and obviously they beat Brentford on the last day. Clackador, Leeds Academy product, uh, scored the winner for them in the 91st minute to keep them in yeah, the... Yeah, uh, pleased for that. And it was also Alex Mowat's, uh, was, was key in that goal as well. So it was it was nice to see a few former Leeds lads doing the job there. I, I feel a bit conflicted on the Wigan situation because on the one hand, they you know beat his own road two years on the bounce and have really gotten on my nerves this last two seasons. But at the same time, they performed so well to get up to 13th and then just be dropped into the relegation place. I feel sorry for them on that. We're not a Wigan fan channel, so I'm not going to go into how terrible their run or <laughs> how badly the Football League has dealt with that situation because they have. To, to see Barnsley jump out of the relegation zone on the last um, day of the season was, was something special. Yeah, that was yeah, nice. I mean, it was, an, it was an incredible final day. Yeah, it was, an absolutely it was, incredible yeah. final day. So yeah, the uh, in the playoffs, you got Brentford who will be playing Swansea, who finished sixth, and then you got Cardiff who finished in fifth and Fulham in fourth. So yeah, it's going to be Fulham versus Cardiff, Brentford versus Swansea. But, yeah, an almighty collapse from Nottingham Forest going into this final day. They were three points ahead of uh, seventh place with, with, with plus five goal with a, difference. A, as well. Yeah, plus five goal difference. Nottingham Forest ended up losing four one at home to uh, Stoke, wasn't it? And then um, yeah, Swansea, Swansea ended up winning four one. Yeah, so, um, yes, once he turned around the goal difference uh, and, yeah, finished in the top six on goal difference. He had not enough for us an almighty collapse, which is, uh, yeah, hilarious. Um, and then, uh, yeah, of course, going down, Hull City, bottom of the league. Charlton, of course, going down, so commiserations to them. And, yeah, commiserations to Wigan as, as well. Wigan, you know, they have a good squad, really good young squad, picking up some good results. And, uh, yeah, shame on the EFL, really. I think we're looking at Joe Geldart there, 18-year-old striker, aren't we? We've been he- quite heavily linked with him. We've had a few discussions with him, apparently, with Victor Orton and such. And um, They've got um, really good young players at Wigan. I wouldn't be surprised if a few championship clubs would be raiding them and a couple of Premier League clubs, maybe. Obviously, that, yeah. they had that. Is it Anthony Robinson, that, that young lad who, who AC Milan were looking at? Yeah. Wigan's left back. So, yeah, he'll have a few interesting parties as well. So, I, I do really feel sorry for him because, by rights, they finished 13th in the league. They, they finished mid-table. And they, they performed really well. Obviously, got that last last day draw with uh, Fulham. So yeah, I didn't feel sorry for him. But as we say, we're a Leeds podcast, so we'll we'll crack back on with Leeds. So. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I mean, can we just you know laugh at Nottingham Forest for a second? Because you know, when when you look back at that two 0 loss away at Forest on the eighth of February, they were one point behind us with fifteen games left to play. We were second on fifty five points, one point behind league leaders West Brom at the time. And as I say, Nottingham Forest, they went fourth, one point behind us. And since then, so in 15 games, we've picked up 38 points and won the league by 10 points. Forest have picked up just 16 points and finished in seventh on goal difference. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I, think, I think since that since that Forest result, I think we won 12 of our last like 14 games. Yeah, we've won 12 we lost, of 14. <laughs> yeah, we obviously we lost to Cardiff and drew of Luton, but we won the rest of them. So. That is, as end of the season got, as, you know, Bielsa burnout goes, not too bad, have we, there? Not done too it's, bad. It's been in, insane. It really, and really has been insane. Here's a, a stat for you. Forest, since that game, Forest have won three games. Yeah, I mean, it's been an almighty collapse for them. And yeah, uh, and no collapse from Leeds, which is a, a nice change for once. Um, yeah, just being incredible. Uh, and yeah, an incredible 4 0 win uh, on a Wednesday night. And we, of course, have the trophy presentation afterwards. Never in my life did I think I'd see Leeds United lift a trophy. And I did. And a beautiful trophy as well. I, I, I'd never really paid attention to the championship trophy, but. No, it's a really nice trophy, isn't it? And, and this was great. This was fantastic to watch. Obviously, when the Premier League separated from the EFL, the, the former First Division trophy that you got for winning the First Division is now the championship winning trophy. So the, the trophy that we lifted Which is in, awesome. Which, which we lifted in 1992 is the same trophy we're lifting today. Obviously, it had the blue and yellow tassels on the side, which I I thought the trophy looked beautiful. I think it's a really good looking trophy. Yeah, it was really obviously nice. Obviously, 
photos photos of all the players holding it. They managed to get Bielsa involved, which I thought was a really lovely moment because they're fan for them. That was a really beautiful moment. Did you see first up, Patrick Bamford tried to get Marcel Bielsa by himself. It didn't work. So it was like Calvin coming at me. <laughs> and, then, and then they both managed to drag Marcel Bielsa yeah, I think, to go and lift the trophy. Calvin's smile obviously <laughs> enticed him over. <laughs> He's got I mean, a... <laughs> it was so nice to see though, because you know all the players that were standing there celebrating lifting the trophy, Marcel Bielsa stood in the back and just watched and smiled. Um, you know, he, he didn't really want to be a part of it, but he got persuaded into lifting the trophy. He ended up lifting it, which was a really nice moment. Big smile on his face. But then as soon as he had done it, he was like, no, please have it back. Please have the trophy back. And then he went off uh, quietly into the uh, distance. And uh, we didn't really see too much of him after that. But um, no, I mean, Bielsa, you know, he really was like a fish out of water here. He, he both hated it, but loved it. It was just a special moment. I mean, he's, he's a very... Obviously, he's very humble, he's very introverted and quite a, uh, you know, understated bloke. So I can understand why he reacted the way he did. And uh, I, I thought it was adorable, really. My favourite interview, they did a bunch of interviews with the players, was Aylins, because he was basically saying, until I came to Leeds, I, I signed for Leeds four years ago. Before this, I was, bit, I was basically like a bit part player. I wasn't, you know, like a, a well-known player. I was the signed me and I won the championship and it feels it feels brilliant. And, I, and I'm honestly delighted for him because we signed him as a, as a third choice right back from from Bristol City for I think six hundred thousand pounds and think think what a sign of Luke yeah. Aaron's been for the club. He's been phenomenal. Um, so I, I was delighted for him. I was I was pleased for all of them to fair. The interview clicked. The interview uh, Cooper and Bamford and yeah, the, the, uh, obviously they had sticks. They was, who's heavily involved in the staff and he speaks to the players a lot. He's a bit of a club legend. Uh, Robert Snodgrass even th- even uh, tweeted about sticks enjoying the trophy on on Twitter. So that was that was lovely to see a few former players chipping in with that and it was um it was just a really wonderful celebration i really enjoyed it um obviously yeah. we'll go on to talk about the events outside afterwards but this this was this was it was perfect really and i truly hope it's not the last time i see Legion united live some silverware in my lifetime but you never know do you <laughs> yeah yeah you never know i mean to, to say that this was the first time we lifted a trophy for uh, what, 28 years? Um, so yeah, hopefully it's not the last time we see Leeds United lift a trophy in our lifetime. But um, no, it was such a beautiful moment. I've saved all the pictures of all the players with the trophy. Every single one of them that's been out on social media. I've got a folder on my computer just saying champions. And it, 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 I'm just going to keep those forever. It was just such a beautiful moment. I mean, it's history. As we were saying earlier, this is a historic moment. We're seeing Leeds United win a trophy. It, it really is history. I mean, when you think a few years ago, towards the end of the hecking bottom era, did you ever think within a couple of years we'd have, we'd have won the championship? Do you ever think we'd have been capable no. of that? I mean, I, I, I was thinking, you know, if we're going up, I'll take second or, you know, the playoffs. But to win the league, it's just, yeah, it's amazing. I think the amount of hopelessness this club has had over the last 16 years, even especially over the last kind of seven or eight have probably been the um been really bad apart from obviously the odd the ups, upside the else's last season and the the Gary Monk season although it wasn't brilliant football it was at least it gives a kind of kind of glimmer of hope the amount of hopelessness we've had it's kind of led to the um kind of adds to the emotional value of of what we've really done and I've I've, I've really enjoyed it yeah it, it's been amazing but you know what what I feel did somewhat ruin the night for quite a lot of fans and sort of a black mark and what a great moment this is is the open top bus show that happened uh, outside the East Stand following the game. Um, you know, you, you talk about mixed messages, and this was just a, a day of mixed messages from the club. You know, I, I thought it was appalling from the club, in my opinion. You know, throughout the whole day, they were telling fans not to come down to the road. Angus Kinnear, the CEO, sent out a, a letter, a message saying, please don't come down to the ground. You know, they really wanted fans to stay at home and not come down. But, you know, so so the Leeds United stores had opened on Tuesday, including the Ellen Road store. So people going down anywhere to go buy stuff. And yeah, throughout the day, 
they they closed the road off for cars, uh, but there was a sign saying no glass beyond this point. So fans, you know, taking pictures of that sign saying, oh, look, you know, we're allowed down here just without glasses. There were people with stalls selling scarves and, and, and flags, championship flags. So, yeah, people going down, you know, throughout the day, spreading pictures online of, of, of what it was like. And that was encouraging fans to go down. And then, of course, the uh, open top bus, which appeared outside, I think it was the Centenary Pavilion, um, just before the game. And uh, yeah, this appeared to send a message to fans saying, all right, something's going to happen here. Big celebration is going to happen here. I'm going to go down. And uh, yeah, thousands of fans ended up turning out, uh, you know, going downtown the road outside the East Stand to celebrate. And uh, yeah, I just feel, you know, it was a real mess, a real real poor decision from the club. I know the, the kind of logic they were going for, they were kind of saying, oh, if we come out with the trophy, do a short kind of presentation and then go back inside, everyone will then leave. And I had I was seen on the news, not sure if it's true or not, that after the players left, nearly everybody left by within 40 minutes. So I can understand why they were thinking that. What I, what I can say for myself is I'm disappointed in the club. I think the, the mixed messages were kind of unacceptable, really. And I think if you're going to say the things that they've said, if you're going to if you're going to be have Radrazani on West Yorkshire Sports saying people being irresponsible, if you're going to have uh, if you're going to have Angus Kinnear saying don't come down, if you're going to announce nothing on social media and tell people not to come down, but then organise something anyway. Then that seems that seems poor to me. That seems like you're trying to that seems you're trying to get away with it. You're trying to get away with doing a trophy presentation without yeah. everybody coming down. And I don't think that's necessarily fair to the people that have obeyed the social distancing rules. I don't think it's fair to people that are, have got obviously vulnerable family members. I don't think that's necessarily fair at all. And I think while, while I don't agree with you when you're saying it's a black mark on the club, I would say it is very disappointing. I am very disappointed with the way they've handled yeah. that. And yeah. I think they could have done it better. Having said that, I'm not going to let that ruin the, the evening or the occasion or the the achievement. I think it's still been a fantastic achievement. You know, I think maybe there should be some questions asked of the club as to why they've acted in the way they've acted. And I think there should certainly be some um, an explanation for it. Because yeah. I, yeah, I, I, so. I am, I am I'm, not, I'm not necessarily angry, but I am disappointed with the way they've, with the way they've handled that. Yeah. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, extremely disappointed in the club. And, you know, I'm expecting, you know, an apology to be made. Of course, I did release a statement on the night after the parade um, saying uh, that, you know, everybody knew it was going to happen. The police, all the authorities, they knew that this uh, open top bus party was going to happen. It was planned. And yeah, as you say, the plan was for, you know, to have the players come out onto the bus for a short time only, which, you know, happened and then finish it, hoping to just draw a line and all of the celebrations for the night and hope that people would would leave. Um, now, I, you know, did pop down hoping to see the players on the bus, but by the time I had gone down there, you know, they had already left. And yeah, a lot of people were leaving uh, from, from partying, but a lot of people were still turning up as well. And, you know, they were partying till, till late in the night still. So yeah, it didn't really work. And to me, I feel as though it was kind of like a loophole into trying to get an open top bus parade to happen because uh, Angus Kinnear said in the um, in the statement that you know stay stay at home. There's going to be an open top bus parade later on down the line, but of course you know if it's not going to happen for another three months and you know we don't keep hold of all the players, then you know an open top bus parade isn't going to happen. So um, yeah, disappointing in the club for doing this. And yeah, as I say, I think I think they just found a loophole. They've you know put out these messages saying, oh yeah, look, we've we told people not to come down to the ground, so we can't get in trouble for this. But you know they've. They found a loophole to have a to have a, an upper top bus parade. You know, I feel yeah. What would have just stopped people coming down was just to block the road off to people, tell them yeah the players are not going to come out to celebrate with the trophy at all. So just don't come down. I feel as though if you said that, no one would have come down. But because during the day people were sharing messages of what it looked like to saw the open top bus, you know, thousands of fans went down. 
if you if you had said, yeah, no one's going to be celebrating, then I think a lot of less people would have turned up. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, but uh, yeah, very disappointing of a club. I feel it was just really, just a really poor choice from the club. You know, with all the mixed messages, and uh, yeah, very disappointed. But as I said, we we don't want to you know put a dampener on what is a, a really special moment and. Uh, yeah, it's it's still been an amazing week. It's still been a fantastic yeah, week to be a Leeds United fan. I'm, I'm not I'm not going to allow it to spoil my week, and I'm not going to let it spoil the achievement yeah. of the of the team at all because I've re- I've thoroughly enjoyed it, and I think you know you got you got you got to take it as it is, and we've we've been exceptional, we're by far the best team in the league. We finished 12 points ahead of third place. How many how many how many seasons has that happened? That far, that much of a gap would have been truly great, and it's been yeah. it's been lovely to see. So yeah, I'm, I'm not going to let yeah, it spoil yeah, it for me. It really so. has. Yeah. I mean, I do feel sorry for the people who, you know, as you say, did obey social distancing rules and did listen to the club and didn't go down because they missed out on a historic moment, a special moment. So I do feel sorry for those fans. But, you know, I'm not going to let it get to me too much. You know, the fans who went down, they've enjoyed themselves. You just hope that now those fans who did go down, you know, such as myself, you know, I'm going to self-isolate now for seven days. You know, be sensible to try not to spread anything that I may have caught up uh, in there. But yeah, it, it's still been a fantastic season, as you say. You know, so, so many memories take from this season. It, it really has been fantastic. And uh, yeah, the Premier League awaits for Leeds United. So let's have a look at uh, some news now. And since we recorded the last episode earlier this week, Leeds United have announced that Adidas will be the club's new official kit partner from next season in a record-breaking five-year deal. Adidas will produce apparel and both playing and training kits for all Leeds United teams over the next five years. And Leeds United joined the likes of Real Madrid and Juventus in partnering with the German sportswear manufacturer. It is the first time Leeds United have changed their shirt suppliers since 2015 when Italian company Kappa signed a five-year deal with the club. It is also the first time in Leeds United's 100-year history that they will wear the famous three stripes of Adidas. Adidas are notorious for making high-quality products with the company being the largest sportswear manufacturer in Europe and the second largest in the world after American company Nike. Adidas, however, is a global leader in football with being the official suppliers to tournaments across the world, including the FIFA World Cup and the UEFA Champions League. The club says that merchandise will not only be available to purchase on the club's official online store and in the four official club shops, but also on the Adidas website and selected Adidas stores. A date for the official kit launch will be announced in due course. Charles, this is probably the worst kept secret in football, really. We all knew that this was going to happen, but terrific stuff, this. Yeah, it's um, it's fantastic to have such a like a, a massive company like Adidas obviously be the official partner of the club when it comes to the the kits. And um, Capra produced probably a few decent kits, a few you know not so decent kits. On the on the main, they've done it's been a good a good partnership. Um, but obviously the the amount of shirts available from the club shop and on the website has been has been low, especially you know men's, medium, and large. Because Leeds sell the amount of shirts they do. I think we sold one hundred and ten thousand for the season just gone. So uh, be good good partnership for for on the part of Adidas and also because of the distribution network, there's going to be so many more shirts available. So we'll make far more sales. The club will make yeah. so much more money and uh, it will be fantastic because it'll be far more widely available. It won't just be available in Adidas shops and the websites and the club shops and the club websites. It'll be available in, I imagine, Sports Direct if there's any kind of contract there, which I'm sure there is. It'll be available in all sorts of sports shops. So the, the Leeds brand, and, and I hate using that word, to be honest, when, <laughs> when it comes to football clubs, but yeah. the Leeds brand, uh, brand will be far more accessible 
the club merchandise be more accessible, the club will make a lot more money. And it's obviously it's massive in terms of, of how much how much we can make and how much the, the club will have in future years if we can retain Premier League status, particularly, you know, for future transfer fees. And I don't think it's really settled in yet for people how much how important this is, especially um, because um, with 32 Red as, as well as the current kit sponsor, I think that's going to possibly change or we're going to re- renegotiate a very, very much more lucrative uh, sponsorship deal for the shirts. So the club are going to come into a lot of a lot more money and it's really going to help us out. So, yeah, yeah this, is, this is brilliant news for the club. I'm looking forward to see what Adidas can do with the kits. Obviously, we've seen a few leaked examples already of the, of the, of the different shirts. We'll see if they're accurate or not soon enough, I imagine. But I'm I'm looking forward to it, and um, as soon as I'm not, you know, beyond skin, I'll uh, I'll buy myself a shirt. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it really is a massive deal for the club. Um, I mean, the Kappa deal at the time that was really big. You know, in 2015, that was a really big deal for especially a Championship club. Chilino was saying the Kappa deal was really good, and they did produce some nice shirts, some not so nice shirts. But you know, you mentioned there with the um, you know, the lack of um, you know, merchandise that was on sale. You know, with, with the shirts that you know. They very much ran out of the medium, large, and extra large. You know, the, the, yeah, the, the shirt sizes that were available. Um, See, so you'd hope that with Adidas there would be a lot more, uh, you know, stock you know, uh, available. Uh, but yeah, it, it really is a big deal. You know, Adidas, as I say, notorious for making really nice stuff. So um, yeah, that's me being a full kit wanker for the next five years. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, Adidas, you know, they're a huge company. As I say, the largest uh, sportswear manufacturer in Europe, the second largest in the world. And yeah, it'll give great exposure to the club. You know, I'd imagine Lee shirts will be, will be uh, you know, available to buy now in, in places like America because there's Adidas stores over there. You know, it, it's going to give great exposure to the club and, you know, a lot more money through the door. Uh, a lot more money through the door. They say it's a record-breaking deal. It's hard to disagree with that. I, I'm sure that it, that it is a, worth a lot of money. And uh, yeah, great exposure for the club. Great business from the club. It'll, it'll bring a lot more money through the door. And uh, yeah, it really is a fantastic deal. A really, really big deal for the club. Uh, you mentioned there the elite kit that we saw the uh, the other month from uh, Footy Headliners. That kind of like blue greeny one uh, kind of reminds me of the kit that uh, was it Tony Yeboah scored that volley in. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, kind of mid nineties. So it's it's kind of a nod to a kind of a more retro Leeds kit, but obviously we don't know if that's uh, that's just an idea or a concept or whether that's the final product. We we obviously it's, it's a lot of speculation over that right now. Uh, so we'll see what they do with the home kit as well, and whether or not it'll be a third kit. And there'll be a, obviously the goalkeeper kit this season's been quite good. I'll be a new goalkeeper kit, so there'll be there's a lot of stuff we're not aware of right now. There's a lot of stuff that's probably yeah that we're not aware of. So we'll, we'll see what they can do with the kits. I'm um. Yeah, I'm optimistic about what they can do because they've obviously got nearly unlimited money, and you know, <laughs> I mean, that's, obviously that's an exaggeration, but they've got a, they've got a lot of um, experience and a lot of money and a lot of very high profile clubs that they're in partnership with. So, uh, as you mentioned, is there with the Juventus? So, I'm I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, very much. So. I'm looking forward to seeing what uh, Adidas will produce for Leeds United, and uh, someone who will definitely be wearing a Leeds United shirt made by Adidas next season is goalkeeper Elon Meslier. We were discussing on the previous podcast early this week that it looked very likely that he would stay at Leeds. He was saying in many interviews that he wanted to stay at Leeds, and that was always the plan. And he is now. Leeds United have completed the permanent signing 
of French goalkeeper Elam Meslier. The 20-year-old has signed a three-year deal running until the summer of 2023. Meslier, of course, initially joined the club last summer on a season-long loan from French side FC Lodiant and has now made the move to Ellen Road permanent. This season, Meslier has kept seven clean sheets in 10 league appearances for Leeds. He has, of course, made 11 appearances in total. And yeah, the fee is believed to be around £5 million. I mean, Charles, what what a bargain this is. It's, it's a great signing. Yeah, so, um, as far as Premier League finances go, it's a, yeah, it's a really excellent signing. I'm, I've been impressed with him, with his, uh, his distribution. Saves has been called on to make. There hasn't been many, but he's, he's made them. Obviously, the, the last game against Charlton, uh, he made that uh, very late on in the game. It was a header from a corner that Charlton had. He made that fantastic save, which I think Phil Hay described it as Gordon Banks-esque. I've seen it back, and it's, um, it is very, very similar to that type of save, that kind of diving, palming just round the post and over the yeah. bar type thing. So, it's um, yeah, the saves he's been called on to make, he's been good. His distribution has been good. He's very comfortable. The players seem comfortable with him, and that, that is a crucial part. It's the, it's the confidence in the defence that they've got a keeper that they trust behind them, which maybe they didn't necessarily have with Kiko Kassir. I also know, I forgot to mention it earlier, but uh, Kiko Kassir was what I thought notably absent from the trophy celebrations yesterday. I don't know if you saw much of him. No, I didn't, I didn't see much of him either. I didn't, I didn't see him at all. Uh, so I don't know what that spells out for the um, for the club and what uh, and what, what his future possibly would be. Obviously, the club have signed Meslier on the three-year deal for around £5 million. I'm not sure what kind of wage he'll be on. I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing more of him. I think he's a very funny character. He's obviously a very, very large, kind of gangly, long-limbed. He's six foot five. He's, I he's mean, really... I've, men- I've mentioned this many times. He could probably do the head, shoulders, knees and toes dance without bending down. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's, he's like his, a spider. His voice, his voice makes me laugh because you think looking at him, he's got quite like a like a teenager face, but he's got a voice like Iv- Ivan Drago from Rocky IV. Like, <laughs> if he dies, he dies. Yeah. He sounds exactly like him. So he's got an incredible like, deep French voice. <laughs> yeah, what, what a voice he's got. <laughs> yeah, it's a brilliant voice. Um, but yeah, he's a really good goalkeeper. Seven clean sheets at the end of the season is nothing to be sniffed at. That probably puts him kind of, you know, mid-ranking in the in the Golden Glove for the Championship this season. And he only played, what, 10 games? It's fantastic, really. So, And to think that, obviously, Bielkowski won it at Millwall in the end, but Kiko could say probably would have won it if he'd have finished the season. Given the amount of clean sheets he had, I think Kiko had 15 by the end of the season. And so, yeah, it's really impressive from Melia, as uh, Bryn Law calls him, because apparently that's how you pronounce it. So, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing him more. I think that's been a really, really good investment in a young player. Uh, obviously, he's represented France at youth level. So we'll see how his career progresses. And as a keeper, he's only 20 years old. He's younger than both me and you. Yeah, He's got plenty of time to progress. He's probably got another 15 years of him playing professional football if he treats himself right and plays to the right standards. So I'm very much looking forward to seeing what we can see with him at Leeds. Yeah, very much so. He, you know, he's a fantastic goalkeeper, and you know, as you say, seven clean sheets. It's nothing to be sniffed at. Of course, you know, helped by a uh, terrific defence. But you know, Mesley has made some top top saves. His distribution is excellent. I just cast my mind back to the Arsenal game. He was superb in that. I've seen Mesley play many times uh, over these past two years up at Four Parch, and uh, of course, um, you know, down on the road when Vian Twenty Threes have played there. He commands his area well. And yeah, he's a, he's a he's a really really good goalkeeper. We were waxing we were waxing Liverpool about him on the uh, previous episode, and yeah, he he really is a good goalkeeper. And as you mentioned, twenty years old, younger than us, he you know he's still improving. Still, you know, there's still some areas in his game where you think, oh yeah, he can improve that. But yeah, twenty years old, you know, he, he's, he's, he's still a student. It's kind of, it's kind of a bit of, um, 
a bit, a bit of a kind of tinge and bitterness and regret the fact he's younger than us and he's probably learn more than we'll ever earn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna say I think our footballing careers are pretty much finished, mate. Oh yeah, they're... we can give up on footballing <laughs> careers, mate. <laughs> yeah. yeah I mean, maybe, maybe a pub league, maybe a pub league when where, where everyone's yeah. got beer bellies, but um, <laughs> but you know, Messier, you know, he, he really is, you know, a fantastic goalkeeper. Twenty years old, he's still improving. Um, and yeah, five million pound, I think, is is an absolute bargain. And I said this in the previous episode. I think Messier will be one of the best goalkeepers in the world in a few years. I really, really do. I think he'll be uh, France sure, number one. I'm not sure I would, go, I would go that far, but I think he'll be a very, very decent standard Premier League goalkeeper. I'd be surprised if he's not, if he doesn't get there by the time he's at his peak. No, I, I think he's going to be really good. 20 years old and he's good. He just won the, the championship with Leeds at 20 years old. I, I think he's going to be superb in a few years. Definitely a, a France number one in the future. Um, I, I do think, I think he's fantastic. And, uh, yeah, Ilan Messier there, sign a, signing a three-year deal with Leeds. Fantastic bit of business from the club. And uh, could you have a grind striker, Edinson Cavani, also be wearing an Adidas Leeds United shirt next season? He's been heavily linked with a move to Leeds this week after Leeds United owner Andrea Rosani came out and said, and I quote, in addition to his quality, Cavani could contribute with his physicality and adapt here but I've never talked about him with the coach. Having said that, we've certainly thought about him and we'll see, given he's still available on a free transfer. Uh, and yeah, these quotes have been reported by uh, many media outlets. Charles, what do you make of, of all these? Well, I think that his wages alone would probably be about £15 million over the course of the year because <laughs> he's on the amount of money he's on at PSG. He'll probably want the similar money again, particularly given <laughs> yeah. his, if he was to sign for us, he's 33, so he'll want uh, basically a retirement wage. He'll want the most amount of money possible. So can I see this happening? No. Would it be hilarious seeing Edison Cavani play for Legion United in the Premier League? Yes, it would be brilliant. I think he's an exceptional player, but the chances of us signing him are slim to none. I don't expect this to come to anything. I think it's just Rajazani getting overexcited, as he sometimes does, and a combination of that and a bit of paper talk. So I would be extremely surprised if Edison Cavani signed for Legion United. Yeah, so would I. But I mean, you know, we've got Marcel Bielsa, so don't rule it out. But um, yeah. I, I, I don't see Cavani coming to Leeds. I mean, we, we were linked with Cavani and Ibrahimovic in January, weren't we? But um, yeah, I, I just think it's a load of rubbish. I, I think it's just a great PR move, if anything, because it's got everyone talking about it. But no, I, I can't see it happening. But, you know, Cavani is, of course, a big name. He's a, he's a good player, even still at the age of 33. Uh, this season, he's only scored seven goals and got three assists in 22 total appearances for PSG. But last season, he scored 23 goals and got nine assists in 33 total games. So, um, yeah, he's still very capable. But, you know, as you say, he's going to be on a very high wage. You know, a free transfer, great. But, yeah, he's going to be on, you know, £10 million a year. You know, probably even more. Uh, he's going to want a retirement wage. So, um, so yeah. Can I see it happening? No, but would he be a fantastic signing? Yes. Although, I mean, if, even if we do sign Cavani, Bamford will probably still start ahead of him. Yeah. yeah. I, there's, there's no way Edison Cavani's come to lead, and he's especially not coming on the, to sit on the bench behind Patrick Bamford. So, yeah, the odds of that happening are slim. But I don't really want the big names, because the big names aren't going to buy into the kind of Bielsa system, not going to buy into the selflessness, they're not going to buy into the hard training regimes, they're not going to buy into the fact that it is a complete, we are better than some of our parts in the Bielsa system. And big name players who've got, you know, powerful agents behind them like Cavani does, 
aren't necessarily going to buy into that. So I would prefer us to go for someone a little bit more unknown, a little bit younger, definitely. And uh, someone who will just buy in and will fit the system and will play for us for a few years. Because well, even if we do, by some miracle, get Cavani, we'll only have him for a year or so, probably a year. Yeah. So we need to think more. I think we need to think more long term than that. Personally. Yeah, yeah, I very much agree. So yeah, I, I, I very doubt Cavani will uh, be wearing a Leeds United shirt next season. Um, someone who definitely won't be wearing Adidas Clobber next season uh, is 37-year-old coach Carlos Corberan, who has uh, now officially left his role at Leeds United to become the new head coach of Championship side Huddersfield Town. Um, he published a really nice open letter thanking everyone for the past three years while he's been at Leeds. Um, and yeah, Charles, you know, it, it's sad that he's leaving, but, you know, he's earned just this opportunity. And uh, yeah, I'm really, really pleased for Corbyn. Yeah, he's performed fantastically well with the under-23s and has been kind of a liaison staff member between the under-23s and the first team, kind of progressing up the likes of Strick and uh, Shackleton and Perveda and Robbie Gotts and Alfie McCalmont and Jordan Stevens. So he's progressed all these players. He recommended them to be else. He said these these lads are ready to play. Apparently he's a very hard-working bloke as well, a very bit of a workaholic, a bit like Bielsa. So yeah, he's earned his opportunity. And even though it is with Huddersfield Town, I do wish him the best of luck. Yeah, very much so. I think, you know, Carlos Corbani will always be be respected by Leeds United fans for all the great work he's done, you know. He, he's done a he's done a fantastic job getting us to category one status in the academy. Um yeah, he, he's done he's done a fantastic job and will always be respected, uh, at least by me for, for that. And I think a lot of these fans will uh, respect him for that. As you say, it's a shame that he's off to Huddersfield Town because now I'm gonna be wanting Huddersfield Town to do well because I want Carlos Corbrand to do well. But no, he, he really, really has earned this opportunity. He's been a fantastic coach. It's sad to see him leave because, you know, I think a lot of people thought they would be a good successor to Bielsa because he's just been in and around all that. He knows the Bielsa way because he's always been very heavily involved with Bielsa and all, and all of the coaches since Bielsa's arrived. So, um, so yeah, I feel as though he could have been a good a successor to Bielsa. He knows that way. Um, yeah. And yeah, he's, he's just a good coach. You know, it's fantastic, you know, to just keep hold of good coaches, keep him at the club, keep the foundations. But, you know, he's leaving and yeah, I'll have the door open and I'm wishing the best of luck. He really has earned this opportunity and it's a great opportunity for him. And uh, yeah, thank you, Carlos Corban, for all the work that you've done at Leeds United. And uh, yeah, the best of luck uh, in the uh, future. Um, and now, yeah, moving on at the time, if we're, at the time that we are uh, recording, the podcast for your Leeds United Player of the Year awards is happening right now. And uh, yeah, Bevan Cross from Leeds Live is uh, updating us. Um, and so far, Ben White has won the Young Player of the Year and Stuart Dallas has won the Players Player of the Year. I mean, well earned, well earned these two awards. Ben White, me and you voted for him to be the Young Player of the Year. Stuart Dallas, the Players Player of the Year. Even the squad recognised that Stuart Dallas has been fantastic this season. Um, so yeah, well earned. Yeah, absolutely. They've uh, thoroughly deserved. They've both been fantastic performers, consistent performers all season, and yeah, they've uh, they've absolutely deserved it. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Well earned to the both of these. Congratulations to them. And yeah, it's interesting that they're not streaming this live, but I feel as though it is a good decision because if they were streaming it live, then I think a lot of fans would have gone down. So probably a sensible decision there. Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously we've we've been very critical of the club only in the podcast, but um, yeah, it's a smart move to do it to do it off camera and to um, keep it under wraps until it's finished, and then they can live stream it later on to ensure that there's not uh, because this, this if if they did it be an, yet yet another celebration in the city, and they don't want that, so they've um, they made the right decision in this case, even if they haven't done with regards to what happened uh, yesterday. But you know, I can um, I'm pleased that they've done it like this. Yeah, although uh, a lot of the um, adult season ticket holders who picked. Option two, 
included in that was uh, a live virtual ticket to the player of the year award. So quite a lot of people aren't too happy about that. But no, I think it's good from the club not to live stream it because you would have had a lot of people gather outside the Tantina Pavilion. So yeah, sensible decision from the club on there. So credit to them. Well, I guess that's it then for this episode. Uh, I do want to say from all of us here, on the All Things Leeds team. Uh, thank you so much for all of your support throughout the entire season. It's been absolutely incredible. The support has been great. So, yeah, on behalf yep. of, of everyone on the All Things uh, Leeds team, yeah, we really, really do uh, appreciate the uh, support. Uh, Charles and I will be doing podcasts during the uh, mini break because, uh, of course, the new season does start in six weeks or so. So, uh, yeah, a, a very quick turnaround. But Charles and I will be continuing the podcast through this uh, mini break. Um, are you excited for the Premier League, Charles? I am. Um, it's uh, very much a new world for us as kind of younger Leeds fans, and I'm I'm anticipating it being a, a a very good season, a very memorable season. I'll put it like that. Yeah, it's crazy to think how the next time Leeds United play, the next time we're in Ellen Road, it's going to be the Premier League, and Ellen Road is a Premier League stadium. You know, it's crazy to think to think like that. It's just because it's when you want something for such a long time, when it's not happening, it's um, it feels a bit surreal at first. But obviously, yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to this, and I think it'll be I think it'll be fantastic. I think obviously they'll talk about letting fans back in October. I really hope they um, save the Manchester United at home game until after October because I want to be there for that long as I can. But yeah, I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to it massively, and I think it'll be really interesting. I think it'll be spectacular for the uh, for the fan base. Yeah, I mean, the new season's going to start sometime in September. Would you like the season to be postponed until October when fans are allowed back in? Or I think, I think are they, you not bothered? They've got, they've got, I'm not that bothered. And they've, got, they've, they've kind of got a limited time frame with regards to Euros 2020, which was the play next yeah. summer. So I understand why they've got to do some things in a certain time frame. So I'm not overly good by that. Yeah. Are you ready for the Premier League then? Um, <laughs> yeah, I am. I think I am. I think yeah. we all are. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm I'm buzzing to just see because as much as I'm a Leeds United fan, I'm a football fan, and I just like seeing world class players. And we're going to be seeing world class players play at Ellen Road. So, yeah, I'm very excited for that. Um, are Leeds ready for the Premier League, though? Do you, do you think are Leeds ready for the Premier League or are the Premier League ready for Leeds? <laughs> are Leeds ready for the Premier League? I think we probably need a few between three and five additions to the squad to kind of just beef it up a bit, make us a bit more competitive because obviously the, the gap in quality is huge. Is the Premier League ready for Leeds? I very much doubt it. I think the fan base, I think the, the atmosphere will bring, I think the, the change of pace that we will offer from, from the likes of other prawn sandwich clubs will be, you know, very interesting. And um, I think we'll take a few teams by surprise. I think Arsenal underestimated us a bit in January and I think other teams will, will follow suit. I think they will potentially see us as, a, as another Norwich and I think I'm very much looking forward to disproving them of that notion. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I, I'd agree. I don't think the Premier League are ready for Leeds United. You know, the, the atmosphere, the fan base, the Premier League hasn't seen anything like it for, for years and years. So yeah, I don't, I don't think the Premier League and the Premier League players right now are ready for, for what's about to come. And uh, yeah, I am uh, very, very excited for the uh, new season and the uh, Premier League season. Leeds United in the Premier League. I'm, I'm, I cannot wait. Uh, but yeah, we'll wrap it up there then. Thank you uh, so much to everyone who has watched or listened. We really do uh, appreciate it. Uh, thank you as always to Charles for joining me. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Matt. Uh, make sure to follow the uh, podcast uh, if you have not already. Uh, share the podcast around as well. Give us a five-star rating on uh, Apple Podcasts. Uh, follow All Things Leeds on social media. We are on uh, Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. If you're watching on YouTube and Facebook, it's scrolling at the bottom of the screen right now. 
but for the benefit of those just listening, uh, Facebook, we are All Things Leads, and uh, we are All Things Leads on YouTube as well. And then it's at All Things Leads 1 on Instagram and Twitter. So make sure you go follow to keep up to date. Uh, yeah, Charles and I, we will be back next week for a proper season review. Uh, we'll be speaking to uh, many Leeds United fans on that show. So uh, look forward to that. Um, and as I said, on the top of the show to uh, play us out is Paul Wilson's new track, United Are Back. Many thanks to Paul for giving us permission to play this song out in full make sure to go follow him on Twitter at P Wilson music and also give a subscribe to his YouTube channel, Paul Wilson to listen to more of his awesome tracks. I'll leave all of the links to his various social media pages in the description. So make sure to go and check him out. But uh, yes, here's his new song United are back. So uh, yes, until next time, take care, stay healthy, stay safe, and we'll speak to you soon and enjoy.
We want 